politics and the two controlling political parties are destroying America. Both parties have spent your tax dollars with reckless abandon. Both parties are more beholden to party leadership than we, the people that they represent. Both parties value power above all else. Neither party respects the limits of the U.S. Constitution. The U.S. Constitution made this country great, and it's the U.S. Constitution that is the answer to our political woes. Forget the two ruling political parties and register as a constitutionalist. Support the U.S. Constitution, the just and moral society it creates, and not the two-party system. Join the only national political party that stands for the founding principles of the U.S. Constitution. Learn more, join and support the Constitution Party at constitutionparty.com or your state's Constitution Party website. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat America back. Main Street to Wall Street. That's right, we do have to take America back. Welcome to National Intel Report for Thursday, December 29th, 2022. I am your Thursday night host. I'm the National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network. Rebroadcast as Liberty Lighthouse on the Mojo 50 Radio Network and Patriot Nation Radio Network. I am Peter Serafine. A man, a legend, with a great beard. With the greatest beard in radio. This guy is the sweetest, nicest, most gentlest person you've ever met in your life. The man's really insightful and pretty freaking smart. With wit, sharp like safety scissors. I would I would walk over hot coals for this guy. With a golden voice behind the microphone. He's got a big, fat, juicy, beautiful brain. The Nostradamus of political prognostication. Your host. Peter Seraphine. Hey, free speech is not free. Support this free speech network, no matter which network you happen to be listening from. Support the network by going to their website, buying products from their sponsors, donating if you can, but support them. Support them all. Even if you just reach out to the sponsor and say, hey, I heard about you on Republic Broadcasting Network. Just let the sponsors know that, uh, well, their advertising money, their sponsorship is worth it. It's doing something for us. Tonight, uh, well, I, I got an announcement or two I need to make before we really get into the show. I had started a uh, a, a short poll, a Twitter poll, if you will, about what, what y'all might want to talk about tonight. And 60% of the results said that they wanted to talk about the $1.7 trillion omnibus spending bill which yuck that's not not fun at all but first i got i got some thanks i have to give I need to say thanks to steve o'brien for being on standby for the last 
three shows and actually hosting the last show for me because, uh, well, I'm a mailman and I was out delivering mail. And, you know, it was a couple of days before Christmas and, and it was really busy and the weather was horrible. So I was out late and Steve O'Brien stepped up. Steve O'Brien from Republic of Texas Radio heard on uh, Republic Broadcasting Network on Sunday mornings. So big thank you to Mr. Steve O'Brien. A big apology to the guest of the evening, Mr. Adam Nutter. Um, I was really looking forward to that conversation, and I'm sorry that I missed it, but he has rescheduled to come back on in a couple of weeks. I think it was the 12th, so I'll still get to talk to him. I'm happy about that. But the number one thing I want to make sure that I talk about before we get into politics is a, a, a co-worker and a friend of mine. Um, a co-worker named Jen, and I'm just going to leave it at that, Jen. Jen is a, a part-time mail carrier out of the same office that I work in. And I don't know if any of you have ever worked for the post office, know anything about the post office, but part-time carriers, well, they don't get any benefits. It's, it's one of the worst jobs in the world, uh, a ridiculously high turnover. Um, no benefits, no guarantee of how many days you're going to work, and no guarantee how many days you might get off. You might work one day, one week, and then 15 days in a row for the next two weeks. It's really hard to plan a life around. And Jen has, has two children. And Jen is one of those ridiculously energ energetic people. And Jen had an accident. Last, last Thursday, um, while, I, while the, I told you the weather was really bad here in central Pennsylvania, uh, last Thursday, Jen slipped on a driveway while trying to carry packages to a customer. And in, in slipping, she fell backwards and she hit her head. And she was unconscious, laying in a driveway. She was... You know, ambulances were called, and the ambulance got there, and the ambulance said, we need a life flight. And they called for a life flight, but the helicopter wouldn't fly. Again, the weather was terrible. It was, it was horribly windy. It was horribly cold. Uh, intermittent whiteouts where you couldn't see more than a few feet, and the helicopter was grounded. So Jen had to be transported by ambulance. Jen got to the Danville Hospital, which is about two hours away from where we are. It's a, a bigger, better hospital than our local hospital. And Jen was diagnosed as having a brain bleed. And she's going to be out of work for quite a while. She managed to get back home Christmas Eve night and not to spend some time with her kids for Christmas morning. But then, just today, she's back in the hospital again, back in the Danville Hospital, because yesterday uh, her, her speech was, was quite slurred. She, I, I guess you would call it aphasia. There, something wasn't working, wasn't connecting between her brain and her, her mouth. Um, Kind of like, kind of like a stroke victim. Of course, we passed a hat around the office and we collected as much as we could. And uh, 
that's that's why I'm bringing it up here on the show is I, I'm going to ask you to help out my friend Jen. Jen, like I said, she's one of the most energetic, happy people I've ever met. She has no benefits because she's still part-time. She's going to miss at least two more weeks of work. And if you've ever dealt with the workman's comp, I, I've never had to deal with them, but um, I've never heard a good story about how workman's comp has worked out well for anybody. So it's probably going to be a while before she gets any money from workman's comp and landlords and service providers don't always like to hear that. So I'm asking for your prayers, of course, but I'm also asking you to reach back to some of that Christmas spirit and into your wallet. If you go to my website, liberty-lighthouse.com, you hit that donate button there. Anything that comes in this week, I will, I will give to Jen. I'm, I don't care if it was intended for her or for me or whatever. I don't care. Anything that comes in through my donation process at liberty-lighthouse.com is going to help my friend Jen and her family try to stay afloat long enough for, for workman's comp to come do its job. And of course, thoughts, happy thoughts and prayers on her behalf too, because you might, you probably tell by the sound of my voice that, uh, it's hard. It's hard to talk about. Um, she didn't do anything wrong. She was out doing her job and she slipped on the ice. And now they don't even know what's going on. So please, please help. Liberty-lighthouse.com and hit donate. And with that... By now, I'm sure you know you can use the code LIGHTHOUSE and save up to 66% off at MyPillow.com. Did you know that you can also use the code LIGHTHOUSE at MyStore.com? MyStore.com is Mike Lindell's rebuttal to Amazon. MyStore.com is American products produced by American entrepreneurs. So use the code LIGHTHOUSE and visit MyStore.com to support American businesses. Okay, so try to put that behind me and let's uh, move on to the show. Um, there's there's a few things I had written down in my notes. I wanted to talk, you know, the whole idea of a world government. You know, it's it's already here, and I wanted to go over that a little bit. There's a whole bunch of new laws across the country, different states that take effect this week or this month, next week. There's the giant omnibus spending bill. There's the you know hundred billion dollars that we've sent to Ukraine. There's the whole BRICS currency thing. I don't think is getting enough attention, so I thought maybe that might be worth talking about. But according to my poll, sixty percent of respondents want to hear about the one point seven trillion dollar omnibus spending bill. So if you want to talk about that, or if you want to talk about something else, that's fine too. You can call in to the show at 512-248-8252, live. Get put right on the air, and we'll talk about whatever you want to talk about. 
just uh, if it's not the topic that we're talking about right now, give the, the guy the answer to the phone. Give him a, an idea of what you might want to talk about so I would can be prepared when you come on. 512-248-8252. So the omnibus spending bill. This isn't uncommon. It happens all the bloody time. If you think back, I think it was during the Trump administration, I want to say three or four years ago, Senator Ted Cruz did a cute little video where he had a ginormous stack of paper and he lit a cigar and talked about how Christmas came early, but not for you and I, for the for the lobbyists. And he talked about the giant spending bill of that year. And here it is, you know, a couple of years later, and we're still doing the same thing. If you don't know, an omnibus bill, an omnibus bill in Congress just means that they've they've combined multiple bills into one. So that's what an omnibus bill is. This particular is a, well, it's a combination of 35 different spending bills. 35 spending bills. That's that's a little crazy. Uh, Rhonda in Missouri wants to talk about the donate button. Uh-oh, my website not working. Rhonda, line one. Yeah, hi. Um, yeah, it works, but I don't see the button. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. Uh, are you on I'm a phone? I'm on liberty-lighthouse.com. You, are you on a phone or on a computer? On a computer. Okay. I will uh, pull up my website editor and take a look and see if I can't figure mm-hmm. it out. I mean, I see yeah. all the tabs up there, but I don't see donate. I, well, I did have a donate button right there on the front page, at the top of the page, a round button. Um, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> let me... I mean, there's something that looks like a bag. Is that it? No, that's a shopping cart if you wanted to buy stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, All right. Okay. Like I said, give me give me a minute. I, I've got the website editor open, and I will... Uh, yeah, you don't need to have me on hold. Just when you figure it out, let us know. I will. All right, thank you. And hopefully I can continue to do this without uh, making really bad radio. Like or make to, it, or do it on your break or something. I'll trying be, to do I'll too listen. many things at one time. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. No, thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Okay. So omnibus spending bills, thirty-five spending bills, all rolled into one, right? And this is thirty-five spending bills that Congress could have been debating each individual spending bill throughout the course of the year, which is how it's supposed to work. Each individual spending bill is supposed to be debated and discussed and voted on based on the merits of that one spending bill. But we never seem to do that. Every year, we come up, every year, we go along, and shortly before Christmas... Congress passes some giant omnibus bill. This is a this is a symbol of a broken system. There's no reason to do it this way other than trying to hide stuff, trying to force it through because if they do it this way, then they can they being Congress, the whichever party's in charge 
Well, they can point the finger at the other party and say, well, if you don't vote for this, you're the reason the government is shutting down. Well, for A, part one, government shutdown? <laughs> yes, please. I, I always think it's funny how that's some sort of a threat. They talk about shutting down the the non-essential parts of government. Well, if they're non-essential, shut them down permanently. Right? Am I wrong in thinking that way? I, I don't, any non-essential part of government shouldn't exist, as far as I'm concerned. So they shove it through. 35 spending bills all combined into one giant bill. They shove it through just a couple of weeks before Christmas. Again, more pressure. Well, if you don't get this done now, if you don't vote and pass this thing now, well, then it's it's going to be your fault that none of us here in Congress get to go on our Christmas break. Again, so what? It's your job. Do it. Who cares? Then you look at just the sheer size of it. $1.7 trillion. All right. Well, there's if, if you do the math and you figure out, you divide $1.7 trillion divided by the number of taxpayers in the country, you know, you're going to end up with, with a giant number. It's It's... $8 per taxpayer for every billion dollars spent, $1.7 trillion would be $1,007 billion. So that's, that's $8,000 per taxpayer. But then you've got the whole, well, is it really $8,000 per taxpayer? Because they're just printing money. It's not like they have to wait to collect that money to spend it. The government just prints money whenever they want it. And that brings up the next part. If government can just print money whenever they want it, why why do they why do they have to tax us at all? If they can just make it out of thin air and print it, there's no reason to take it from us, right? Makes sense to me. Okay, uh, so regarding the donation button, going back to Rhonda in Missouri, I'm having trouble getting into the website editor. Um, can somebody pull up the my other website, the peter4president.com? Both of the donate buttons go to the same thing. Peter4president.com. That web, website, hasn't. I haven't done as much editing and customizing and stuff to that one. That button should be there, easy, easier to use. Apparently, getting into the website editor software while I'm live streaming, uh, well, it's just too much for my poor little computer. I'm trying, but it, it's taken forever to load everything. So somebody try that one. Peter, the number four, president.com. See if that one works. So like I just said, if government can print money on demand without any you know, gold backing or silver backing or uranium or land or any other asset behind the money. They can just print it willy-nilly at will or keystrokes. Why 
why do they need new taxes at all? And well, that it's just about control. If modern monetary theory is right and deficits don't matter, debt doesn't matter, we are the world reserve currency, we can spend $1.7 trillion anytime we want and nobody cares, why do they have to tax us? And why do they have to tax us in so many different ways? Income tax, gasoline tax, inheritance tax. There's no need, right? All right, so back back to the bill itself. 35 separate spending bills, not debated individually, combined into one giant bill that does a lot more than fund government. Oh, big surprise, right? This, this $1.7 trillion omnibus bill is 4,155 pages long. Do you know what four thousand pages looks like do you know how much paper that is that is eight and a third reams of paper 83 percent of a case of paper to print out one copy of that bill that's crazy right am i wrong in thinking that There's no reason any bill should ever be that long. Why is it that long? That's so they can hide everything in it, right? That's where they can can hide all their, I don't know, anti-gun laws, where they can hide their pro-transgender laws and pro, I don't know, transhuman laws and green agenda garbage. They can hide it all in this 4,155-page bill, and why did they get away with hiding it? How? Why? The sheer volume of 4,155 pages is how they get away with hiding it. There's not a person alive who can possibly read 4,155 pages of anything research what it says and understand it in the time that they're allotted, in the time that they're given between the, hey, here's the bill, we're voting on it tomorrow. It's not possible. They could hide anything they want in there. And they do. The gun owners of America... Well, they, they called out 18 Republican senators, I think it was all senators, 18 Republicans that voted for this bill, called them out as traitors because of the, the anti-gun legislation hidden in this bill. And Republicans voted for it. Or should I say the Republican half of the Uniparty voted for it. They did. So the gun owners of America are at least calling them out, but it's too late now. It's it's done. It's gone through the House, it's gone through the Senate, it's passed. You think there's any chance that Joe Biden is going to say, no, I'm not, I'm not going to sign this into law. Well, this is 
This is a bad bill. We don't want that. Of course not. This is exactly what Joe Biden wants. Giant bills that nobody can possibly understand. Where they can hide all of their stuff. This is what they want. And this is what they do every year. And every year I complain about it. Certain other people complain about it. But every year they do it again. How? Why? Why do we let our government do this? It's one thing for the Democrats who have controlled the House, the Senate, and the White House for over two years. It's one thing for them to try to push this thing through in one giant omnibus bill. But their supposed opposition. Well, what about them? Why, why haven't they been all year long? Why haven't they been standing up and screaming about this? Hey, we're not voting on these things. We need to be voting on. Th- we need to be looking at all of these 35 different bills and committees, we don't want to end up waiting until the end of time to do it again. But that's what they do every year. Hey, I've almost got that donate button figured out. Hopefully I can fix it over the break. Um, It is break time, bottom of the hour. Be back in three minutes and uh, I'll finish my rambling about the omnibus bill. If you do live streaming, I want you to check out Restream. Restream is an online recording studio and streaming service that allows you to stream to multiple platforms all at once. You can have guests to do your live stream and nobody has to install anything because it's entirely browser-based. I use Restream for my live streams and you should at least give them a chance to check them out. Go to liberty-lighthouse.com slash Restream and I'll save you $10 when you sign up for their premium service. You can try it for free, but once you see all of the cool features that come with the premium service, I'm pretty sure you're going to want it. So again, liberty-lighthouse.com slash Restream to save $10 on that cool premium service. Some kind of out of here. I don't know what it is. All I know is uh, scream, yell, holler, tell everybody you know that this stuff is wrong. Update on the donate button for those that want to donate to help my poor friend Jen and and her kids and the uh, situation at the at the beginning of the first hour. Real quick recap: she's terribly hurt at work. She's a part time person. She has no benefits. She has children at home. She's hospitalized for a second time. She's going to miss weeks and weeks of work. Uh, and if you can help her, anything that you donate to my website will go to her. And if you, I 
did get the button back on my homepage. I don't know how or why, but apparently I had deleted it off my homepage at liberty-lighthouse.com. But you can go to liberty-lighthouse.com or Peter, the number four, peter4president.com and hit the donate button at either of those two websites. And any donations that come in this week uh, are going to go to my friend Jen, who desperately needs uh, as much help as she can get, help and support. So those are working. Should be, anyway. We were talking about the the omnibus spending bill, the $1.7 trillion spending bill that 18 Republicans supported. And the one thing that I'm not seeing nearly enough talk about, not, not nearly enough people outraged about, is that this $1.7 trillion spending package waves the automatic spending cuts that were promised to us by the White House, promised spending cuts that were going to pay for the last giant spending bill. And that's exactly how Washington does this garbage. You know, hey, I'll I'll promise to cut stuff in the future if you pass this, you know, $2 trillion infrastructure package. You give me what I want now, I'll give you spending cuts later. That that's what they're what they try. That's what they're promising. That's what they're hoping for. That's what they're asking. But then when the later comes, they're like, eh, we're not gonna do that. We're going to waive those spending cuts. So the $2 trillion infrastructure bill, which we were already warned was going to be more like 3 or $4 trillion, the $2 trillion infrastructure bill was at least partially paid for by future spending cuts that this Congress just waived. These spending cuts aren't going to happen. Wow. Wow. Why isn't everybody screaming that? Anybody who sits behind a microphone on any network, Republican-run, Democrat-run, anywhere, should be pointing out the lie about spending cuts that aren't ever going to happen now. But I, I think I've heard one person talk about it. Why is that? Why, why are we so complacent? I don't know the answer, other than we've just become fat and lazy. We were too comfortable for too long, and we stopped paying attention to our government. If you've got an answer that I can't think of on something I haven't said, or something else that's been hidden in this spending bill that maybe you don't think is getting enough attention, call in, get you on the air, we'll talk about it, 512-248-8252. Other things that are in this monstrous bill well of course there's all kinds of green energy stuff anybody's seen i think it's jesse waters on fox news has been doing a series every now and then where he talks about one of the things in the infrastructure bill one of the things that that money is going to spend and he does it every now and then so there's there's a small town in i don't know maine or something vermont i don't remember somewhere up in the northeast in the New England area. There's a small town up there that's getting heated sidewalks up for their main street. 
So he sends a reporter up there, and the person walks around and asks everybody in the street, does this town need heated sidewalks? And everybody in town is like, no. All the stores are closed. Why would we need sidewalks to be you know, heated sidewalks? There's no foot traffic. Why do we need heated sidewalks? That's one of the things that your money is going to. And, that, and that's more of what I don't understand about this, is why should every taxpayer in the entire nation be spending on something that only benefits one town. See, that's collectivism. That's what our current government does. They inject themselves in everything. Another one of those those projects that, that was reported on was a ferry. So there's this little tiny town, I don't know, a couple thousand people at the most, it's on an island, and the only way back and forth is a ferry. And the ferry's old and diesel-powered, but it works. And the Biden administration, in this last infrastructure bill, is buying this town a new electric ferry. Because, you know, diesel's bad. Fossil fuels. That's, that's bad stuff. Ah, we, we have to get rid of this diesel ferry and put it in an electric ferry. But not only do they have to do it, but we the people, the citizens of the nation, have to pay for this ferry that is only going to work on one or help benefit one town. Ah. <sighs> Crap on a cracker. So just got a message from the producer that the link at uh, liberty-lighthouse.com is still not working. Um, my bad. I'll have to figure that out, too. However, the one at peter4president.com does seem to work. So if you can donate to help my friend Jen... Go to peterforpresident.com. Hit the donate button there until I figure out why the heck the other one isn't working. So why do we do this? Why do we allow this? Why do we the people sit back and let our government spend trillions of dollars? And remember that that, that equates to thousands of dollars for every person that pays taxes. They spend it all on these little tiny projects that still cost millions of dollars, but only help one town. Could this be part of why these uh, countries are trying to come up with a new reserve currency? Why the the BRICS currency process is underway? The, the was it Brazil, Russia, India, China? I forget what the S is. But they're they're trying to replace. They're, they're trying to completely replace the US dollar as the Federal Reserve currency. Or as the you know the reserve currency of the world. And they're doing it with gold backed 
stuff. They're they're trying to trying to you know create a gold backed currency, and and they've been talking about it for I don't know eight years or something like that. I think the whole BRICS thing started back in 2014, but now they're getting more interest. More countries are getting involved. More countries are showing support. Why do you think that is? I think it's because more of the world is seeing the ridiculous spending of our current government. The ridiculous spending that we're doing as the world reserve currency, the petrol dollar. More and more of the world is seeing you can't dig out of $32 trillion in debt. You can't do that. So they know the the U.S. dollar is going to crash. So they're trying to create something that won't. They're trying to create a a complete system, a banking system where they, just like now, where everything goes through the U.S. dollars and all the banks are you know linked together and they do what they do. They're trying to do that with a gold-backed currency. Huh. I think that's pretty impressive. Um. I want to know, like, is there a way to invest in that? Because I, I'd be interested in seeing that. That's because the confidence in the United States is, is crashing. Not confidence within the United States. The confident, confidence in the United States felt by the rest of the world. There, I don't even know what to say about it anymore. I, I'm lost. It started on the on the omnibus bill and ended up on bricks somehow. I'm sorry, I don't know how we got there, but it's ridiculous. The spending that we do that nobody's accountable for has got to stop. But uh, yeah, let's uh, let's do this. Twas the night before Christmas. The kids snuggled asleep in their beds. When you heard a loud rumble, like Santa and his sled. So you went downstairs to take a peek, get a look. You were confronted by this creep, a crook. He drew his weapon, but you fired first. And now this creep could take all your worth. Secure your family with right to bear insurance. Plans start at $10.95 a month with civil and criminal defense coverage options up to $2 million. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com slash right to bear to learn more or to sign up and start protecting what have now. So anyway, I'm getting worked up. I'm trying to do too many things at once. My brain's not not this. I'm not that smart. I, I can't work on the on the computer while I'm talking to you and and think all at the same time. I'm terribly sorry about that. What would really help is some phone calls. If you would uh Call in to 512-248-8252. We'll get you right on air, and we can we can discuss whatever you want to discuss about. To dis- discuss about. And the only other thing that I really have in my notes is is this is all part of the whole world government, and they all say, "Oh, world government. That's a conspiracy theory." Blah 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 blah. Um, but clearly 
world government is here. And I think that's one of the things that we should have learned from COVID. <laughs> Excuse me. How, if anybody who says, oh, there is no world government, clearly doesn't contemplate, doesn't comprehend what that means. Because how else, without a world government, a world controlling cabal, how else could the entire Western world all come up with the same idiotic conclusions over COVID? The same recommendations, the same lockdowns, the same mask mandates, all the same stuff. How else could that have been done if it wasn't for a world government? I mean, you got the World Health Organization who we, you know, gladly sign on to and we agree to follow all these things. We, we agree to follow what comes out of the World Health Organization. Well, that's, that's us. We are government. That is our government just giving away our rights. That's our government. I don't know. What's the word? Acquiescing? Just giving it away. Where do we, when do we stop? How do we stop it? I'm really at a loss. I'm confused. I mean, I've, I've always been the, I'm not ready for war guy. I'm not ready for 1776. I don't want war. War is ugly. Or people die. Dying is bad. Your friends die. Your family die. Kids die. Children, grandparents War is bad. But every day I try to think of, how, you know, how do we get control back? How do we stop this? I'm running out of options. I'm, I'm really getting to the does voting matter phase. And there's a lot of people out there that say, why bother? Voting doesn't do any good system is rigged and all that kind of stuff and I've always tried to hold out hope that if enough people try we can fix it if enough people wake up if enough people open their eyes and remember the constitution remember the principles of liberty maybe we can turn the ship I've always held out that hope But I'm not sure now. I'm losing my faith. I'm I don't know. I'm getting personally I, I'm I'm getting to the when do we break out the pew pews stage? And I don't want to be there. I don't want to lose hope. How do we do it? Anybody, any ideas? I don't have any. 
I don't know. So just to change the subject, try to cheer myself up a little bit. I'm working on some stuff, trying to make the show a little better, a little more entertaining for you, the listener. One of the, I'm trying to find a few recurring guests that will come on, not necessarily come on for a whole hour or the whole show, but some recurring guests that come on for 15 minutes, maybe a half an hour, you know, a full segment of the show and, and talk about what they're doing. So I'm looking for people that, that are involved in organizations that are out there trying to make a difference or maybe news reporters and like, I don't know, maybe if we had a reporter from, from Epic times, for example, who could come on once or twice a month for 15 minutes and talk about the, you know, the most recent article on the news site or the most recent article that they wrote, or maybe you know, one of these constitutionally based uh, movement groups in Washington, the, the, the watchdog groups. Like, what are they doing? Maybe, you know. So I'm trying, my, my goal is to have five or ten of those that are willing to come on and spend 15 minutes with us. And we get one or two of them every week. And it's different ones, you know. Maybe I get two people that come on for the first Thursday of the month and two different people that come on the second Thursday, or maybe there's only one the first Thursday and two, you know, something like that. Different people to come on and hopefully give us a little bit of hope and show us the direction that their organization is going and what they might be trying to get done. And successes. For example, if somebody wins a good lawsuit, we need hope. I didn't, honestly... I didn't realize how much my hope has, has slipped away until this moment, until I sat down here and started talking about it. Maybe it was the starting out with the, the story of my friend getting hurt that put me in that mood. And then I started talking about the money, omnibus spending bill, world government. Maybe it's my own fault. Maybe maybe because I started on a sad note, I drove myself down that road. But maybe I am losing hope. Give me something to hope for. Tell me something. What can what's there? Man, well, what about what we have to look forward to? You want to talk about that? Let's talk about um, what what new laws we might have coming up in 2021, 2023. Wow, 2021. <laughs> that was terrible. What new laws do we have? Well, let's see here. 27 states have minimum wage laws coming. The lowest of those minimum wage is $9.95. The highest 
is Washington State at $15.75. I'm sorry, $15.74. I don't want to get accused of of uh, exaggeration, hyperbole. $15.74 minimum wage. <laughs> This is clearly done by people that don't understand economics at all. How is a small business going to get anywhere if they have to pay $15.74 for every little job that they give? It's not possible, is it, for a small business? Can you imagine trying to start a small business right now and having to pay everybody $15.74 like you're going to have to in Washington State here real soon. I I don't know. I mean, think about, say, lawn mowing. You're going to start a little landscape company. And your little landscape company now has to pay $15.74 for every person that you hire. In in addition to paying for the gas and the equipment and everything else, you got to pay $15.74 for somebody to just ride around on a lawnmower. Even if it's a high school kid doing it after school, you still have to pay them $15.74. Now, those that are supporters of this, well, they all are going to say, well, you have to be able to live on this wage. Why? Since when? That was never the purpose of the minimum wage. Why? Why do we have to be able to live off of minimum wage? What's Whatever happened to the... Get a good job first. Right? Get a good job, then build a family, buy a house, all of those kinds of things. You can't get a job flipping burgers at McDonald's for $7.50 an hour and then say, hey, my girlfriend's pregnant, I need a raise. Oh, we, we're going to, you know, we want to buy a house. I need a raise. It doesn't work that way. Never has. Why should it now? Why do we need to have that built in ahead of time? One of the minimum wage laws that's out there, one of them, I think, makes a little bit of sense in how it was set up. And believe it or not, this is surprising. Believe it or not, it was Oregon who did something smart with their minimum wage laws. Oregon tied their minimum wage to the CPI, the Consumer Price Index. I actually suggested that, or something very similar to that, in my last book, So Simple Even a Politician Can Understand. 
See, if you, if they, like Oregon did, you tie the minimum wage to something like consumer price index or poverty level or something, then you never have to deal with it again. You don't have to argue it about it every year, two years, five years, whatever. It's done forever. One less thing for your lawmakers to argue about. Isn't that a brilliant idea? I think it is. But <clears throat> anyway, I'm sorry. If you're one of the very few people watching on the uh, the uh, the video live stream, I've still been attempting that. I obviously it's crashed. I'm sorry. Um, you can go to republicbroadcasting.org O-R-G, and, and listen live that way. Can't watch, though. Sorry. Video is dead. I, I just can't get it to work right. I'm terribly, terribly sorry. So that was just one category of new laws, and that's minimum wage laws. Oregon did something smart, and I can't believe I said those words. Marijuana. Oh, there's another fun category, right? Maryland and Missouri became the 20th and 21st states to legalize recreational marijuana. And I don't know how you personally feel about marijuana as an issue. I've never really cared one way or another. Um, especially now I, I work for the post office. I'm, I, I'm therefore a federal employee. And as a federal employee, marijuana is still a federally banned substance. Even if I wanted to, I still can't go out and do it. Even though I do know mail carriers and have known mail carriers in the past. Anyway, that did, I don't care. I have no interest in it one way or another. You could be the most conservative or the most liberal candidate ever, and wh whether you support marijuana one way, it does has no effect on me. I really, really don't care. On a personal level, I don't care. However, I do find it interesting on the moral side of things. We'll get to that in the top of the second hour. When we come back after this three-minute break, Final thoughts on marijuana legalization, then moving on. Be back in three minutes. I'm Peter Seraphine, and So Simple Even a Politician Can Understand is my latest book. It is a book of simple ideas that would go a long way towards fixing some pretty big problems in our government. 
It is an easy-to-read short book that uses common sense, something seriously lacking in our government. Order your copy for less than $10 wherever books are sold or at liberty-lighthouse.com slash books. The American dream has become a nightmare. Signs of the time are on cardboard on corners in town. Like a cancer that's silently spreading, there's an unspoken fear. We're on our way down. We must eat back. And that's why RBN, Mojo 50 Radio, and Patriot Nation Radio Network exist. These are the free speech platforms out there trying to fight for your rights, trying to inform you, trying to educate you, because we must take America back. We need to wake up. John Q. Public out there in the world. But free speech is not free. So please support these networks. Donate if you can. Buy their merchandise. And support the network sponsors. That's actually a big one. Like, the sponsors. And I don't make hardly any money doing this show. I get, I, I think one person gives me $2 a month. But um, I do make a dollar or two every now and then when somebody goes to zstacklife.com or MyPillow or Robica Designs and uses my promo code Lighthouse. I, I make a few dollars that way. And that that's big. So support these networks. Use their promo codes. It's greatly appreciated. It, it, you're not supporting me when you do that. You're supporting all of the hosts on all of these networks when you support the network. So please do that. It's the top of the second hour of the National Intel Report live on Republic Broadcasting Network for Thursday, December 29th, 2022. The last time you will hear my voice on this network this year. We'll be back next year, unless I get fired. I don't think there's any plans for that in the in, in process. But um, update on my my friend, Jen. Uh, I want to talk about that one more time. I opened up the show telling the story of, of a coworker, And if, in case you missed that, I, I want to tell it again. If you're just joining the show. So I'm, I'm a mail carrier. My friend and coworker, Jen, is, is a part-time mail carrier, and being a part-time mail carrier is a crappy, crappy job with no benefits and no guarantee of hours or anything like that. She slipped on the ice last week, last Thursday, uh, hit her head when she fell. Um, was the, the ambulance tried to have her life flighted away to uh, a, a bigger, better hospital, and life flight would not fly because of the weather. It was horrible, horrible weather. So she ended up being transported by ambulance. She was unconscious. She had a brain bleed. She did get home. She got to spend a couple of days with her kids, got to spend Christmas Day with her kids. And um, now she's back in the hospital again with all I can think of. It's the only word, I, I'm not a medical person. I don't know if this is accurate or not, but it's aphasia. She, she was slurring her words. She couldn't speak. There was a, some kind of disconnect between her brain and her mouth. Um, it, it described sounded much like a, a stroke to me, uh, but it very well could be a, a brain bleed that they missed the first time. I don't know. 
Um, I, I just found that out today. And I'm collecting donations for her and her children because, yes, it happened at work. And, yes, she will get paid through Workman's Comp. But like I said, as a part-time person, there is no guarantee of how many hours you get. And Workman's Comp is based on you know, an average of certain percentage of the average hours that you had during whatever period and all this crap. And eventually she'll get some money from Workman's Comp. But we have no idea how long that it's going to take. She's going to be out of work for at least two more weeks. So I'm asking you to, uh, if you can, to reach back into your wallets, reach back to that, that holiday spirit, that Christmas spirit, that spirit of giving, and, uh, and help my friend Jen. There's a donate button that now works at liberty-lighthouse.com. There's also one at my other website, Peter for president.com that's the numeral for peter for president.com liberty-lighthouse.com there's a donate button on either one and anything that i collect this week on those donate buttons um, i'm going to give to jen and thank you to everybody who's already done that we've we've already raised almost 250 dollars just since the start of this broadcast and um that means a lot to me because you don't know jen i do She's a really fun and really energetic person. And you don't know her at all. And you're donating to help her. And I greatly, greatly appreciate that. And and <laughs> hell, I'm I'm almost crying and I, I know very well when I when I give her this money and I tell her that it came from the listeners of my show, she's she will definitely cry. I know her. So thank you. Thank you for that. We uh we ended the last hour talking about the uh, new marijuana laws starting in 2023. Maryland and Missouri become the 20th and 21st states to legalize recreational marijuana. And I I don't really care one way or another at a personal level. I I don't do pot. I've never done pot. I I mean, I have once or twice. I've never been an active smoker. To be honest, I I didn't get anything out of it. I didn't see the the need to waste money on it. But on a personal level, I don't care. On a moral society level, I, I think, it, I don't know. Like, we have alcohol is legal. And everything I've ever read and studied said that, that uh, marijuana is safer than alcohol. I mean, I'm sitting here right now with a glass of wine as I do this show. Usually it's a bourbon. Just happened to have a nice bottle of Chianti laying around, and I thought I'd try that tonight. But I, is it better? Is it safer? Is it the government's job, one way or another, to say something is or isn't legal? The libertarian side of me says, no, it's not their job. I mean, how can how can they make marijuana, which is a plant that you roll up in paper and smoke, illegal while still allowing tobacco, which is a plant that you roll up in paper and smoke and is also bad for you? How, where, I don't understand the logic there. There's no consistency 
in laws in this country. I've heard stories about why marijuana was added to the banned substance list back a hundred years ago. And, and what I, I, I walked away after reading up on that, I, I walked away with the impression that it was a bunch of people that ran out of jobs. They didn't have anything to do, so they came up with this to keep their government jobs. <laughs> Big surprise, right? A government program that doesn't go away. So that's the subject of marijuana laws is very interesting to me. Even though, like I said, I have no interest. It could be legal. I'm not going to smoke. It's illegal. I still don't smoke. I don't care. But it is an interesting subject to me. So if you'd like to talk about that, if you have an opinion about that, I would really love to hear that. 512-248-8252. Moving on to other new laws. Let's hear one, one from my home state of Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania has, if I remember correctly, the highest gasoline tax in the country. Now, states raise them and lower them, so maybe we're not the highest anymore. Maybe we're number two. But it's 75 cents a gallon here in Pennsylvania. And all throughout COVID, well, no, not through COVID, since the Ukrainian war, since Biden took office and killed the pipelines, declared war on the oil companies, and gas prices went through the freaking roof. There was a lot of debate in the Pennsylvania State House about putting a stay on on the gasoline tax, like waiving gasoline tax in the state of Pennsylvania. Which would make sense. If if your goal is to make gasoline affordable and try to kickstart the economy, save money for the citizens, you know, okay. You pause it, you put a stay on it, whatever. But instead, next month, January, a couple of days from now, the gasoline tax in Pennsylvania is going to go up. It's an automatic increase that while they were bickering and arguing and debating whether or not to put a stay on it, they they ignored the fact that it was going to go up. And so now, next month, the gasoline tax in Pennsylvania is going to go up again. (laughs) I thought that was hilarious when I read that. Um... Justice reform in the in the world of criminal justice reform. The state of Illinois is leading the way here. They, as of January 1st, the state of Illinois is ending all cash bail. Statewide, ending cash bail. They say that a person's financial situation should not determine whether or not they have to stay in prison or stay in jail until trial or whatever. Really? So without cash bail, how are you going to keep the accused murderer in jail? Or aren't you? You're just going to let him go? 
I don't know. Seems silly to me. But they're completely, completely ending cash bail for the entire state, which seems ridiculous. My friend Sarah in Oregon is on line one. Sarah, welcome to the show. Welcome. (laughs) How are you? Good. (laughs) Were you surprised that I praised your state a little while ago about your your minimum wage laws? Nah. (laughs) Nah. (laughs) I'm not surprised at all. Well, I thought it was a great idea to tie the minimum wage to the consumer price index so that they can stop bickering about it all the time. And as far as I know, you're the only state that did it. Yeah, (laughs) pretty much. Have a happy new year. Bye. Happy new year, Sarah. All right. Again, thanks to, uh, let's see, we've got Corin, Alex, and Vicky who have donated to help my friend Jen. I greatly appreciate that. Uh, And just to reiterate, liberty-lighthouse.com, the donate button does work, and anything collected this week goes to help my friend. Um, What about about the fact, this is a little off topic, but I I had it written down, and, and I didn't know how to fit it in, but we've now spent a hundred billion dollars for a war in Ukraine. Now, there's so many facets to this that really annoy the crap out of me. But let's go back for, it's been like 20 years now that our government has repeatedly said that Ukraine, we have no strategic interest we have no has no value to us as a nation but apparently it does have value if we're sending them a hundred billion dollars right that doesn't make sense to me and then if you go back like I said earlier if you want to pretend that money is taxes Every billion dollars the government spends is $8 per taxpayer. So that's $800 of my money that went to a war in a country that we have no strategic interest in. A clearly corrupt nation where... supposed democracy... Suppose it. This is the democracy that the left in this country wants. The Ukrainian model of democracy is is what the left in this country wants. Because in the Ukrainian model of democracy, the president can just shut down all news media that he doesn't control which is exactly what Zelensky did. When this war began, Zelensky, President Vladimir Zelensky, shut down all 
news media in Ukraine except for the state-run news media. That's democracy. See, in, in Ukrainian democracy, the elected president, well, he jails his political opponents. Huh. That's what the... But, but this is the guy that we're praising as a saint. We sent him $100 billion and half of it can't be accounted for. Probably because it went through the Ukrainian washing machine and ended up back in politician pockets. Probably. Obviously, I can't prove that. But it makes a lot of sense to me. Why else would we keep giving them money? A war that they can't possibly win. This, the guy that we're supporting, he's, he's been caught in lies. I mean, his own side fired missiles into Poland and then immediately blamed Russia and called for the uh, United Nations to defend Poland. Even though his side is the one that fired the missiles. Do you think he knew that right away? Do you think he knew that immediately? Because the Russian reports say that that errant missile, that stray missile, wasn't anywhere near any of the Russian fighter jets or missiles. It was, according to the Russian reports, it was a missile intentionally fired toward Poland. I, I don't trust the guy. I don't like what he's doing. I think he's a totalitarian prick. Maybe I'm wrong. But just because I don't like Vladimir Zelensky doesn't mean I do like Vladimir Putin. They can both be commie bastards. They can both be totalitarian pricks. They don't have to be mutually exclusive. You, you cannot like either of them. But that's not, that's not how it works here in this country. Our news media wants to paint everything as black and white. Well, if you don't support Zelensky, then you must support Putin. No, I don't support either one. As far as I'm concerned, what's going on over there right now is a civil war. And we, as an outside nation, have no business being involved in that civil war. Russia was founded from Ukraine, what's now Ukraine. The Russia that exists today was birthed in Kiev. For the majority of recorded time, Ukraine was part of Russia. As just a few years ago, 
the eastern side of Russia, you know, they had a vote. And they voted that they wanted to be part of Russia. But they're not. They were not allowed to. They had to stay part of Ukraine. It's a civil war. It's a border dispute. (laughs) That's funny. Think about it that way. Think about the Ukrainian situation as a border dispute. And then compare it to what we have in our country. We have spent a hundred billion dollars over a foreign border dispute. But yet, when Trump wanted to put up a wall along our southern border, he couldn't get ten billion dollars to finish it. (laughs) It's all politics, isn't it? I've said many times, one of the great equations of news, X plus politics equals politics. X, of course, is a variable. Remember your algebra from junior high or high school? X is a variable that can can mean anything. Education plus politics is politics. Healthcare plus politics is politics. Borders plus politics is politics. We all know that the people in Washington, D.C. want the fight over our southern border. They want the fight over immigration laws. Otherwise, they would have done something in the last 30 years to make, to make immigration better one way or another either make it easier for legal immigration or make it harder for illegal immigration they would have done something to fix the problem they would have come up with some kind of compromise but in the last 30 years they haven't done a thing except fight over it they don't even really do that very well This is one of those things like, it it seems simple. It seems like if you apply just a little bit of common sense, you want to fix this problem in an instant? You want to fix it instantaneously? Pass a law that says anybody caught in our country illegally will be immediately deported and never allowed to return. You want to stop illegal immigration? Do that. Make it so that anybody caught in the country illegally is fingerprinted and put on a blacklist, and they're never allowed to return, never allowed to have a a tourist visa or a student visa or come in to shop or get a green card or anything. Illegal immigration would stop immediately. People would actually start showing up at the ports of entry instead of crossing the Rio Grande. And that's what most people on, quote-unquote, my side of the political aisle want. You want to claim asylum or refugee status or whatever it is that you're trying to do? Fine. Go to a port of entry to do it. 
Is that too much to ask? To be quite honest, if, if you can't follow that simple instruction, you can't abide by the most basic of inst- international laws and go to a port of entry, I don't want you in my country. It's not a race thing either for all those out there that are going <gasps> to, he's a racist. Go to that Peter for President website and, and oh my God, he's a racist. It's nothing to do with race. It has to do with law and order. I'm not saying don't come. We are a nation of immigrants. We've always had rules and laws about that immigration. Hey, it's the bottom of the hour. Be back in three minutes for the final segment of National absolutely nothing in the song but without war does the ship ever get righted does government ever get under control never has a totalitarian government that i'm aware of never in history has a totalitarian government anywhere ever just given up its totalitarianism and said you know what Eh, let's try freedom for a while i don't think that's ever happened i might be wrong I have been known to be wrong once or twice in the past, and I'm okay with admitting that. If you know of a time in history when some totalitarian government did do just that, call in and correct me, 512-248-8252. And just an update for all of you, uh, Rhonda, thank you for your donation to, uh, to my friend Jen. Greatly appreciate that. Uh, we're up to, uh, I don't want to say because I don't want to give out how much any one particular person has given, but I, I appreciate all of the donations, and I know my, my friend Jen will appreciate it and, and her kids and everything. So thank you. Um, if you'd like to help my friend, go to liberty-lighthouse.com and click the donate button there or peter4president.com or donate button there, either one. Uh, they both go to the same place. Anything I collect this week um, is is going to go to my friend Jen. So thank you for those that have donated. If you are able, please, please help help out my uh, my hospitalized friend with children and waiting for however long she's going to have to wait before workman's comp kicks in and does anything. And I got to be honest with you, um, I'm out of notes. My show notes are gone, but other things that, that have popped into the news headlines lately, other things that I've thought about, um, the speaker, speaker of the house, Kevin McCarthy, 
Kevin is, he's the epitome of a politician. He'll go on Fox News and he will say all of the right things. But if you look at his actual voting record, what he does and does not support, what he has and hasn't voted for, he's about as slimy as it gets. It's all about political power to all of the people there. And that is exactly the wrong thing in our government. I, I hope that he doesn't become speaker. I don't know who I want to be speaker, but I hope he doesn't. Um, I think it was earlier today, Representative Andy Beggs said something to the effect of he doesn't see a way that he would ever support McCarthy for speaker. I can't say that I disagree. It's a good thing. Uh, let's see, what do we got? We got Paul in California on line one. Welcome to the show, Paul. What you got for us tonight? Well, I don't know if you're going to be saying welcome after uh, I get done, but uh, we'll see. I decided to give you a call because uh, I heard you say that you're out of notes. <laughs> yeah. And on the, he- on the heels of what you were just talking about with immigration, and I got to say, now, I'm not trying to be insulting, but I just I don't recall hearing so much dribble in a while, except I do hear it quite a bit here and there from other RBN hosts when you said it's not about race, okay? I'm going to correct you. It's only about race. And I know that the vast majority of people that are listening and the vast majority of people that are not listening to RBN will actually agree with that, even if some of them are not so overt as to say so, okay? The idea that we care about somebody's piece of paper, okay, or whether they're, quote, legal or illegal, is completely ridiculous, irrational, and goes contrary to an actual built-in innate human preference for one's own kind, okay? So there's tons and tons of other races that feel the same way as well. I can guarantee you that other races don't want certain different races from them continuing to come here, whether it's legal or not. And the bottom line is that legal immigration is largely the issue, not illegal. Okay? Legal immigration is bringing in millions upon millions of people. And as you know, everybody that's allowed here legally can bring, I believe, it's up to 10 family members. Okay. And here in California, for example, we're being completely swamped and inundated with both legal and illegal by the Chinese, by the Mexicans, by the Vietnamese, by Filipinos, and on and on and on. And it is, again, as I stated at the beginning, for most people that are honest and that have any common sense at all, it is racial. The fact of the matter is, is our own stock, Europe's Northern Europeans, right, are not coming. And it's all the other races that people actually object to. And the ones that won't directly admit to it, it's really what it is that they mean. When they say illegal immigration, it's just a buzzword or catchword for what they object to. We don't want to be overrun by Africa or China 
or India or any of these other countries. So there's my statement, and you can react to it if you like. And there may or may not be other callers that want to call in, but I'm stating to you the absolute fact of the matter, not just the way I think. I think it is the way you think, and probably a lot of other people like you. Um, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, there are plenty of people out there who, who, like you said, there's a lot of countries, there's a lot of places where they don't want to dilute their stock. But you specifically said Northern Europeans. My family's Southern European. And we didn't get here until the 1900s. And we came through Ellis Island and did it legally. My problem is the legal versus illegal. And yes, I agree with you the, the what do they call it, chain migration or something like that, where they can bring in family members. And I think you're right. It, I think it's 10. It might be more, it might be less. I don't remember. But you're right. There is this whole chain migration thing on the legal side, which is also a problem. Um, at least when they come in legally, we know who they are. We know where oh, they came goodness. from. There was at least some cursory uh, vetting. It might not be good vetting. And, of course, depending on what country they come from, the vetting might even be corrupt. But there's, there's at least an attempt what we got now is people walking across the border. We know about, what was it, 3 million in the last year and a half? And then we know about, like, another million that we caught on camera, but we never actually apprehended. Well, who are those million? I mean, a lot of the people that are coming are walking across the river or swimming across the river, walking across the border, and they're walking right up to an agent going, asylum, asylum. And, okay, whatever. If it, As far as I'm concerned, if you can't, abide by the most basic of international laws and go to a port of entry, then we don't want you in this country. I don't yeah, care almost, what color you are. I don't care what religion you are. I, I personally don't care about any of that. I care about well, you know, rules. Then here's the thing. The vast majority, and I know, doesn't, you know, people can say whatever it is they want, okay? I know for a fact that I speak for the vast majority of people that object to immigration. Okay, now the percentage of that majority could be debated, and that's fine. But again, you are talking, you once again mentioned, oh, go to a port of entry, and but no, we don't care about that. I don't care if anybody comes and asks permission for the embassy or the consulate of their country and gets a visa, whether it's a work visa, student visa, H-1B, whatever it is. Okay, we don't want any more, and especially we don't want any more of the types which we all are objecting to, okay? And we, we don't need to know, quote, who they are. We can tell by looking at them. And I can tell you right now, all the people that are coming here, and I'm sure the border states know it well, it's people other than themselves, okay? That's the word alien, right? The bottom line is this is we had an immigration policy that was working. That's why they decided to limit the numbers and the percentages of quotas from different parts of the world and this is what was overturned in 1965, okay? We had set in place, okay, they decided that what was occurring here in this country was working and that they wanted it to be preserved, right? And so they codified it back in, I believe it was the late teens or the early 1920s. And it was based upon the percentage of people that are already here, the vast majority from England, Scandinavia, Northern Europe, so on and so forth, okay? 
you know, when you say Southern Europe, I'm assuming you mean Italy, Greece, such things as that. Yes. But, uh, you know, again, you know, I just, I've, I've made my, my point, my statement. I've made it many other places going back years. Uh, this is the issue. The average American doesn't care about your piece of paper. All right. If they say they do, I just, I don't, to be honest with you, I just, I don't believe them. Okay. Um, maybe I believe you, okay, but I don't understand what that would be based upon. Okay, how can you I tell by looking you. at somebody whether they're legal or illegal? And what difference does it make to you if they possess a piece of paper with a stamp of approval on it? Okay, because you're you. not the one. You're not the one that gets to make the decision. And I think that's what Americans are objecting to most: is this is somebody else's agenda. It's partially oh. the agenda of the people that want to come here. Okay. But it's in in large measure the largest part, the agenda of another alien group that is trying to do this to us on purpose. They are waging a dysgenic war and a racial war upon us. Okay, and sooner or later it's going to end violently, as it always does, unfortunately. And the only thing we can console ourselves with is the fact that we were not given a choice. And it's going to continue whether we want it to or not, and until somebody stops it. And the government has shown that they don't want it to stop. No, they clearly don't want it to stop. They're the ones that, that keep pretending to argue over it and then don't do anything about it. I agree with you on that. I agree with you that it's clearly part of an agenda. Um, and, I, and I told you why I, I disagree. And, and I do. It's not the piece of paper. It's following the rules. I don't want people in this country who got here by breaking the rules. If you if you broke the rules just to get here, what rules are you going to break while you're here? At least do the cursory, silly. you know, do it the right way and show me that you're willing to make that little bit, tiny, itty-bitty bit extra effort to come in legally. Okay, so just for the front of it, let's assume that, that this, this premise you just stated about following the rules and that we all would want people to follow the rules. Let's say that that has any validity I'm not saying all. we all. And, wait, wait, wait. Stop for just a second. But, I'm not saying we all. I'm not speaking for anybody else. I'm telling I you um, how I feel about it, just like you well, there, told me there's about people, how you feel. There's people that will uh, agree with you. They will articulate your position just to say it, and there's also people that are afraid to be called a racist, even though it's how they feel. Oh, I would agree with that. The, they, they don't want to be called the name, but I'm asking you right now: How is it? Who is it? We determine gets to come here, and who did, who decides the numbers? Is it quote us, or is no. it some other some other group, some bureaucracy? Who decides? It, it's done through through Congress, which we all know Congress has stopped working for us a long time ago. Congress works for their lobby groups. They work for you know, their political party. They work for whatever world blah, blah, blah organization that, that gave them the most money or whatever. I agree. It's not, they're not working for us. And, and they haven't for a very long time. And that is the heart of all of the problems in our country. So, so, um, so who is it that they're working for? For example, all, let's say that they're working for the wealthy corporate uh, business interest. Explain to me, because I've never heard a rational explanation for, from this. Explain to me how the wealthy business, banking, corporate interest benefits from masses of illegal immigration. Uh, the only answer you I've you ever... can't say you can't say cheap labor because most of the labor, the manufacturing, has been offshore decades ago, right. and that the uh, the labor that exists here is increasingly uh, automated. 
and even in other countries, it's becoming increasingly automated. So explain to me, you know, the, the economic beneficiaries of this massive influx of people who are in large measure supported by, by, by government programs, right? Right. They're okay, given so. money. They're given places to stay. There's a caller on this uh, station. There's more than one, but there's one caller in particular who, who has family members who have seen firsthand, not just know about, but have seen firsthand that some of these people are given apartments with food in the refrigerator. Okay? Who's doing that? Well, I'll tell you how it's happening. First off, the only people that... Wait, hang on. One, one thing at a time. You, you hit on multiple topics. I have to address them individually. Otherwise, my brain will fall, explode or something. Okay. The first thing you brought up was, was cheap labor, which is the excuse that everybody always says. They go like, they, they want the cheap labor. And, the, and you're right. Most of the manufacturing non-skilled labor jobs have been outsourced. Um, the only exception to that is agriculture. There's still, there are still several crops out there that have to be picked by hand. So, okay. So farming might benefit from this illegal but that's that's really not a big number that's not enough we don't need three million agricultural workers for example so you're right cheap labor is a bs excuse mm -hmm. um, so to move on to your next point yes they're getting here they're getting all their free stuff their free phone their you know welfare checks or whatever their apartment they're put up in a hotel, the refrigerator with full of food. They're, they're getting, getting all they're getting... stuff. You you said who's paying for that? Well, here's this is one of the things that I've I've tried to figure out how to address this topic, so I'm glad you brought it up. The so called NGOs, the non government agencies or mm -hmm. organizations, non government organizations. That is the most ridiculous, bold faced lie of a title that anybody's ever come up with. Because these non-government organizations are funded primarily by government tax money. So, by definition, they're government organizations. They just don't officially report to a government agency, and therefore they can you know, claim some degree of separation. But where does that money go? Where does that money come from? It's just like everything else. It's a freaking money laundering uh, operation. You know, a hundred million dollars goes to NGO number one, and oh, by the way, my son is the chairman of the board, and he makes three hundred thousand dollars a year. Or, you know, you the money goes to this this non-government organization who contracts this company to to find apartments, and oh, by the way, my my nephew is is the guy who runs that that other company. It's nepotism. It's it's money laundering. It's all kinds of, of, of shady, shady stuff. Well, let's, let's hang on that for just a second, if we can. Because, you know, I'm, I don't want to deal with this term money laundry because it, it, this needs to be defined. But let's just talk about the logical conundrum that we face when uh, you're, you and other people have used the word taxpayers. Okay? So obviously these people are not taxpayers if they're on the government dole. Okay? I mean, that's right. pretty clear. They're not right. contributing anything. And this, this has been going on in Europe, by the way, for a very long time. As um, a relative once told me, it's very well understood in Germany that m most people know this. Not a, a lot do not, but the vast majority of people know. It's not even a hidden fact that at least 65 to 70 percent of these, quote, uh, immigrant or asylum seeker households 
have no working adults. Right. So, um, so imagine a, 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 a household of w- whatever they are. Okay, Turks. They were for a long time. It was the Turks. You know, then it's this group and that group, and of course now it's just these these useless blacks from Africa. And that's the fact of the matter: is they are completely useless. Not only are they twenty to thirty points lower on the IQ scale, but they're inc- completely incapable for the most part of performing in any kind of a, a high you know function society, and especially learning the language and so forth and so on. So there's these colonies that have been forming all over Europe, in France, and Sweden, and Germany. And, of course, it's just a cesspool of crime and drug dealing. Okay, there's mm-hmm. plenty of firsthand testimony online. These people don't have anything else to do. They're not really wanted. They're not really given jobs, and nobody wants to hire them anyway. And even though they get the government dole, it's maybe for a lot of them not good enough. So they go out and they become drug dealers, hang out in the subways, and also commit petty crimes. So this is the deliberate destruction of society. So then you have to come face-to-face with the idea of who is it that wants to destroy our society and Western European society. Because it's not going on in these other countries. In other words, other countries, third-world countries, are not being forced to accept other third-world immigrants or first-world immigrants. It's only the first world, the white world, Western Christian civilization, if you will, is being forced as a matter of policy to accept non-white immigration, which in the end, by all measure, is destructive to that country. That's all this is. It's not anything else. And all talk of politics, economics, and NGOs, in my humble opinion, is completely beside the point. But again, you're you're doing as good a job as anybody I've seen trying to, you know, hold up a crumbling ship. (laughs) I, I agree with you. It is a crumbling ship. And I... And by crumbling ship, just so you know, by, by crumbling ship, I meant the non-racial angle and the so-called legal versus legal piece of paper, follow the rules ship. That's oh, the ship I'm that sorry. I meant. Oh, I'm, okay. I meant the as, as a whole. I, um, I <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I, I, my, my best friend is, is a Jamaican immigrant who came here as a child. Um, Uh-oh, she, the anecdotal a, story. But no, it's I'm just she's my best friend. Um, she's she works with me at the post office. She came here as a child. She doesn't speak with a Jamaican accent or anything like that. But mm-hmm. um, I, I really I don't care about the race side of things. But you're right that massive immigration of unskilled labor who ends up on the government dole, regardless of their race or their culture or whatever, is a drain on yeah, society. But you, but you keep but you keep saying, and so many other people like you keep saying regardless, or I don't care, but it's really, really not true, okay? The bottom line is if you, look, we all have, we all can tell anecdotal stories about who we've interacted with, who we've worked with, who our friends have been. That's fine, okay? I'm not a monster, I'm a human being, just like so many other people are. But we all know what it is we want and the kind of country that we want to live in, okay? And if Jamaica was great and Haiti was great and Mexico was great and India was great and China was great, all those people wouldn't be trying to get the hell out of there. And if England was great, they wouldn't have come to America. So it's not race. Oh, my goodness. White people wouldn't have fled another variation on a war nation of immigrants story. No, uh, it's not. It's it's exactly, (laughs) it's your exact point. You just said that Jamaica and Haiti and all these other other countries were great, then the people wouldn't leave there. 
Well, why did why did the the Brits and the Norwegians and everybody else leave their countries to come here? Because it wasn't great. You can't no, that's fault not them. actually so. There's a, there's a whole interesting history to that, but it's mostly because of land, right? Land and opportunity. Okay. Now it's not our job. Once we're an established nation, see, we weren't an established nation back then. Okay, it was the first world coming to the third world. What was then the first world coming to what was then the third world? Okay, so <laughs> as a re- as a reality check, when the Europeans went to other lands, they discovered Stone Age people everywhere they went. Right? When it came to the Americas, North and South America was full of Stone Age people, just like Africa. And by Stone Age, I mean they weren't using metal. Okay? Right. They didn't have, in Africa, they didn't have the wheel. Okay, Most places, they didn't have a written language. They clearly... I, I would, probably argue, would probably argue that, that South America classified as the Bronze Age, but, but I, I get your point. Okay, so, so, so we can dispense with that. Right now, we're an established nation. Why are we an established nation? It's because of Europeans. The Europeans are the bringers of light, the bringers of civilization. Everything that you see in a third world country, starting with electricity, running water, steel and concrete buildings, and so on and so on, is all 100% white European males. Okay, I'm sorry to say, but this is a fact. And you can say, well, I don't care about race. Fine, you cannot care all day long. The white European male is the MVP of the human race. So therefore, I think the very least that the white European male gets to decide upon in his own land, the land that he either he conquered or he came from, is who gets to live there. And if he wants to do it by racial standards, and most with any brains want to, then that's it. So okay. sooner or later, it's got yeah, anyway. But, but you just kind of went back to my point, is you want to make the classification by race. I don't care about race. I just want them to follow the rules. But you just, the point is the people Absurd. in that country should be able to make their rules, right? That's what you you just said. The people in that country should no, make the no, rules. No, I said, I said, I, said wait, I see white European males. Okay, that's what I said. The people in, but, their, in their own country, can, they can do whatever they want. Okay. But, the, but you just said like a second ago, that the, yeah, you know, yeah, but you're you're trying to take you're trying to take something and make it generic, and I'm making it very human. Okay, everybody wants to go to a country that was built by white European males. Okay, in other okay. words, you put these people in the middle of an of the ocean in a boat. They could be from anywhere. They could be from India, China, Africa, Mexico. It doesn't matter. And you ask them where it is they want to go. If they don't want to return to their home country and they want to go to another place where they can get a better life, the country they name far, far more likely to be founded by white European males than any other country. Australia, Canada, Germany, France, England, United States, so on and so on. France I agree. is where they all want to go. I agree. So that's an issue so that's an that's an issue for us, Peter. I mean just think of it this way. Let's say that that you are the most successful family on your block, on your street, okay? You just you you've prospered. Okay. You have the nicest house, you know, you got a little bit of land, you grow your own crops. You know, you're very inventive. Uh, you know, you, you got your act together. Well, I mean, is it okay if everybody wants to just come and, you know, pitch a tent in your front yard or move into your house because you've got the best situation? No. They need to get their act together in their country, okay, and or stay where they're at until you, such time as you give them permission. And we've already been covering this right now. 
we're not giving them permission. They're coming here. They're being brought here deliberately as racial weapons, as society-destroying weapons. And the fact of the matter is the only way they could be society-destroying weapons is if they actually were society-destroying weapons, and they are. Just the way it is. We aren't, we're, we're not, you and I aren't that far off. It's just you want to make it I about know. race. I don't think it is about race. I think it's about following the rules. And if the rule by that country is, you know, we don't want you unless you're white, or we don't want you unless you have X amount of money in your pocket, or we don't want you if you have any diseases, that's up to that country. We have absolutely you no know, way of checking any of those boxes. If people just walk across this, a, a, a border and turn themselves in or don't, and they're allowed to stay. You, you know what would be interesting? Um, based, up, based upon what you just said, which I found very interesting, you said that you and I are not that far apart, but, and then you started to list the things. And I thought to myself, you know what would be great, which has really never occurred that I've seen on actual network television, for example, you know, radio would be one thing, but to have a, a, a debate between a, a small panel, in other words, a panel of, say three to five on one side and a panel of three to five on the other side and we could basically take turns going back and forth about those two points what you just said that would be very interesting but we are out of time thank you for your call Paul that was very interesting I greatly appreciate it if you're listening live on Republic Broadcasting Thursday night stay tuned for Edge of Darkness with Jeffrey Bennett Uh, thank you very much Mike for uh, producer for couldn't do this without you thank you to the listeners and the callers you're why we do this until next week protect your liberties Once they're gone, there's no getting them back. God bless America. It's the least we can do for the red, white, and blue. We must take America back. We must take America back. Twas the night before Christmas, the kids snuggled asleep in their beds when you heard a loud rumble like Santa and his sled. So you went downstairs to take a peek, get a look. You were confronted by this creep, a crook. He drew his weapon, but you fired first. And now this creep could take all your worth. Secure your family with right to bear insurance. Plans start at $10.95 a month with civil and criminal defense coverage options up to $2 million. Visit liberty-lighthouse.com slash right to bear to learn more or to sign up and start protecting what you have now.